Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This is a HeadGum Podcast. Hello! It's me, Jasper William Cartwright, and I am joined today by... Hi, uh, my name's Olivia Kennedy, but you can call me Liv. Thanks. Thank you so much. Woo! Yeah. yeah. And... Also me. My name is Jeremy Cobb. My pronouns are he, him, but Connor Alexander calls me Jeremy Captain Audio Cobb. She heard. We've, we've yeah, tried I, to. I, we've tried to do them in the past, but we keep forgetting. So I decided I'm gonna start doing them again. Thank the you. problem I have is I have such a like set intro for this now. Like I'll say mm. it. Like I think I like to say it afterwards. You know what I mean? Because otherwise I'm interrupting the what flow. If you, of the, like, what if you like slip it in? Set intro. Just start it like with like <sighs> he him halflings. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> what if you do that? No. no. I don't want to celebrate being a. I don't want to celebrate being a man that much. Like, I say it's not man. a thing to shout it's about. Me. Just it's me. Just right. Pronouns he him. It's welcome to the he him hour with Jasmine William Cartwright. Let's stop. The, the guest is already dunking on me, and I have to even Excellent. Them yet. <laughs> oh no. Uh, swiftly moving on from this uh, this subject. Uh, entering the Halfling Superdome today, and we have a very special guest from outside Xbox and Ox Venture. It's Andy Farron. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. I love what you've done with the Superdome. It looks amazing. Amazing in here. Thank you so much. Thank we just you. Had a few little yeah, we've had a couple upgrades recently. Bit of yeah. bunting. Uh, the carpet. Yeah. The carpet's yeah. lovely. Thank you. Got a nice yeah. yeah, it was a choice mm. to put carpet in an open air. Yeah, uh, but like it's green but, you know, because it also kind of looks like astroturf. You know, really, so it's really like, paid yes. off. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't green yeah. at first, green. but there is a lot of mold. Uh, it turns out, <laughs> yeah. open, open air superdome in in the UK. A lot of rain. Yeah, a lot of yeah. rain. We had enough mold. money to open it, but do not have the money to maintain it. No. So yeah. no, 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 no. Uh, well, you got to spend the, money to make money, Jasper. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So and true. this is making us zero money. So yeah, we should super probably like because we spent a lot on this or too, some, or something. You know, we did so much. Uh, <laughs> support us on Patreon. We need more stuff for the the, the dome. We need <laughs> we need to build a <laughs> retractable roof. 
Yeah. <laughs> or I guess we, we made we built a roof. Then we made it retractable, but we didn't mm-hmm. make it unretractable. Mm-hmm. I see. So, so unfortunately, we retracted the roof, and it's just stuck. And then we that, need the money. That's to, just it. Yeah. yeah to put it's it a out. one-time thing. The retracting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, we tried ourselves thing. to like push it back out, but we're so weak. We can't do it. Yeah. We are. We are just three halflings yeah. in the face of a giant roof mm-hmm. on a huge superdome. Yeah. yeah. So, it's not even a halfling-sized superdome. It is a full regular size superdome. Halfling-sized. Superdome uh, is just a dome, right? Yeah, yeah surely, exactly. Yeah. It's just a regular, regular dome, dome for everyone just a, else. A little dome, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Hi, Andy. Thanks uh, for joining us. Hi, Andy. <laughs> Thanks Welcome for having to me. the show. Excited to be uh, here. <laughs> we're very excited to have you. Um, we uh, like we've got a bu- like a bunch of stuff to cover. We definitely want to get into obviously uh, uh, talking about outside Xbox, Oxventure, and obviously the new campaign which you are currently Ooh. DMing, <gasps> uh, which is the so which exciting. is which is very exciting. Uh, and we'll get into that in a bit. But uh, we have to start off where we always start off with our guests, Sandy, which is how did you get into all of this nerdy stuff? What was the origin story uh, for you as a little? A little nerd for like it all specific, specifically <laughs> tabletop yeah, what, what stuff or or like all video games. Stuff. Just, just like, like a normal nerd job. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, I was stuff. I was very big into video games as as a kid. Um, like I had a all the Sega. I was a Sega kid, not a Nintendo kid. Oh. And so I think oh. like being a Sega kid makes you. So that's where it went wrong. Yeah, it okay. makes you a lot more <laughs> kind of weird and isolated because no one, everyone else yeah. was playing Nintendo. And you know the so console you were playing Sonic. Was, yeah, I was yes. a Sonic guy. Oh, yeah. you know, had a mega drive yeah yeah mega drive and you know being a being a sega kid you become quite those console wars they're really fierce back then you know mm-hmm. and yeah. there was mm-hmm. there were lines in the sand that you just didn't cross and so mm-hmm. once you were a sega kid and everyone else was nintendo you become isolated and weird yeah. Mm. It makes you withdraw. <laughs> that explains yeah, the change. Sonic fandom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And look where we are now. <laughs> Do you I have an OC that you'd like to show us? <laughs> no, Just all, Google Andy the Hedgehog, positive. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm going to do it right now. I'm going to yeah. post the results in this chat. No. <laughs> and, Andy the pregnant? <laughs> Andy the, okay, let's oh, not go there. Okay, cool. There's um, a movie called Andy the Talking Hedgehog. Yes, oh, I'm aware wow. of this, and it stars Dean Kane. Yes, and Tara Reid. Wow. Um, what the, on what? earth? Check out the IMDb <laughs> trivia page for that. Oh my if you're if you're on it, oh wow! Okay, IMDb. Okay, we yeah. that's a that's a definitely a new stretch goal on the Patreon. We will do a wa- uh, a watch along with Andy. Of <laughs> Andy the talking hedgehog. I mean, surely they have to like come to you for like the rights to do it, Andy. Well, like, yeah, it is based on my me. life. Yeah, yeah. Trivia: exactly. This movie contains a hedgehog. Wow! <laughs> oh my god, that's amazing. Uh, this movie was Absolutely. banned in Greece, France, and Swindon. <laughs> Swindon. 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 It's, what? It's Swindon. How can you ban a movie in just like an area of the of one country? What's Andy up, the Hedgehog Swindon? is a certified member of the Council of Andrews A2. If you start uh, Jethro Tull's Aqualung at the opening scene, the whole movie takes on a new twist. Okay, this has been edited since the last time I looked at it. If you <laughs> yeah. if you Google Andy the Talking Hedgehog IMDb mm-hmm. trivia, there is a cached version of this which says this movie is based on my life story, which it isn't. And I don't know, I don't know who added that. That's so funny. I don't know who added that to the IMDb trivia page for this movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, Somebody, huge props to whoever did. The last piece of, uh, the last piece of trivia is that the hedgehog that played Andy suffered with, with severe gender dysphoria when filming. So hopefully the hedgehog's uh, in a better place these days. Wow. Yeah, yeah, hopefully. What, like wow. heaven? Wait, what do you mean? Well, yeah, oh, no, I mean, like, hopefully, <laughs> the hedgehogs live. I don't think. Hopefully, just... hopefully they're living their best life. That's not Yeah, okay, not cool. Heaven. I was like, R.A.P., you know. <laughs> okay. Oh, actually, wow. honestly, it's been four years, five years, so the hedgehog might be dead. 
<laughs> Who knows? I, I don't know what the lifespan of a hedgehog. And do you know what? Honestly, I don't think we need to find out because mm. Andy, carry on telling us. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, you I like into. <laughs> You're a Sega, not Nintendo. Yeah, I liked video <laughs> games. Um, I got really into yeah. like fine, uh, fighting fantasy books. Mm. If you ever read those, the Choose Your Own Adventure ones, mm. those were sort of my introduction mm-hmm. to like fantasy. And then I got really into sort of Discworld, Douglas Adams, um, there those sorts of novels. And that was like my sort of entry point into into geek culture, I guess. But it was it was more sort of on the sort of video game and and tech side of things than it was yeah. the sort of fantasy side of things that's been more of a relatively recent development like the tabletop stuff mm. Mm, mm, mm. yeah sure. what sense. were some of the video games then, that originally got you into it good question so i mean all the kind of sonic the hedgehog platforming stuff as well but there was um there was an rpg for the mega drive called shining in the darkness that i remember Ooh. playing as a kid and that was the first sort of fantasy based video game i played and my my parents had a thing to sort of not in, to encourage me to play games that I bought instead of just playing them once and throwing them away. I wasn't allowed to get a new video game until I finished the Uh-oh. one I had oh, before. Wow! And I had Ooh, to sort of present wow. my parents with the like the end credits of a game <laughs> before I would be permitted <laughs> to get a new one. That's incredible. And this is taking an interest, you know. I love that. Like, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's better than most parents' approach to video games, which is just no. <laughs> just like, <laughs> so, you know. But it was great. You could de- I developed a strategy, which is like, you know, side-scrolling beat-em-ups like Streets of Rage. You beat that in mm. like three hours, and great, mm. that's done. But mm. I, I yeah. remember wanting to play Shining in the Darkness, and I got it for my, my Mega Drive. And that was like a 100-hour JRPG. And I was Ooh. like, I have really... <laughs> I've really shot myself in the foot here. So like JRPGs take it to a whole nother level. So yeah. yeah, Months later, I'm still dungeon crawling, killing slimes. I'm like, oh man, I could be playing Sonic 3. Parents are just like, it's been like three months since Andy asked us for a game. What is happening? Yeah, (laughs) exactly. What is going on? What happens if you like a game? Like what happens if the game was bad Mm. and you're just having to force Mm. your way? You're just like, I have to to force my way through it. Yeah, and that's a skill that's come in handy later in life, actually, because um, adventure <laughs> <laughs> started. Yeah, yeah, for adventure. No, no, no. It's um, I had to get a lot of like capture for video games for our for yeah. our day job, and there's a lot of times where I've had to play through some awful games to get really specific bits yeah. of capture. There's one we were making a video about. Um, it was about achieve uh, like sarcastic achievements you get in games, mm. and there's a game. A, terrible ps2 xbox game called secret service where you play a secret service mm. agent and right at the very end of the game you can shoot the president and you get an achievement called the exact opposite of your job oh, no. <laughs> i had to play this entire game no. just to get oh. to the final level and accidentally shoot the president and it took it took wow. hours and hours but you know i think those early early days slogging through games i didn't enjoy set me up well mm. for that Mm. See, yeah. the thing is, kids these days won't understand because they could just it's, trick their parents by going on YouTube and Googling Final Fantasy X end credits. You know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah. they, it's just, it's not the same it's not nowadays. Work anymore. You know, there's so many, so many shortcuts. Uh, I couldn't even think we, of that now. That's genius, Jasper, yeah. actually. Wow. Okay. Plus, well, there's so many okay, guides. I guess. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. What like, parents yeah, need to also, do now is yeah. get really good at the game themselves and be like, 1v1 me, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <If> Let's go. <laughs> if the kid yeah, can beat them. You get your next game. If not, get, mm-hmm. you get a new game. Get good That's actually a fantastic parenting model, which I might employ, mm. honestly. Like, Only by your child fighting games like... and, and force them yeah. to surpass you. Yeah, just absolutely body <laughs> your kid at Street Fighter Six and be like, yeah. mm-hmm. go home and <laughs> be a family yet? man. You good yet? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Do better, okay? Do better. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so, uh, speaking of um, capturing video for uh, outside Xbox, and obviously, uh, uh, you know, that evolves into uh, Oxventure. How how did you start with outside Xbox? What was the um, kind of you know journey into that were you was it journalism was it uh, content creation uh you know how how did that that uh trajectory mm. start for you well, it's so i've never really been what you would call a video games journalist from like the journalism side mm. like the jobs i had before outside xbox i worked at sony for two years um as a writer for the official playstation website playstation.com and that was my first job in in the industry and then after 2 years i moved from playstation to xbox and they were just launching a speaking of console wars yeah, I mean, I know, how right? are you even still alive i know like, i can wow i cr- i crossed the the bar- I'm a planeswalker i crossed between <laughs> the two worlds but um live to tell the tale <laughs> they were launching a, a service called inside xbox which is supposed to be like um I don't know if anyone had an Xbox 360, but there was a blade on the dashboard where you could get like Xbox news and stuff directly on your on your dashboard. And it used to be like text panels, but they were moving into video stuff. So when I started, they wanted someone just to write text panels, which is what I started mm. doing. But then the service became a video service and they were like, okay, your team does video now. And I'd never done video before, okay. had no idea how to do it. We started off... Um, like I was sort of producing it and writing stuff, but we had an agency like actually making the videos and then they ended up getting, giving us a video team and we sort of learned on the job how to make video game video as we went, kind of trying to make stuff that would appeal to us if we were like clicking through an Xbox dashboard looking for news and stuff. We did that for four years. It turned out um, to be quite popular, got a bit of a following then there. And then Xbox sort of moved away from that model and they closed down inside Xbox. Um, and so. I decided I wanted to kind of carry on doing the same sort of stuff, but independently, hmm. uh, we went on to YouTube. I um, brought Jane and Mike on board, who were both games journalists. Jane was at GameSpot. Mike was at the official Xbox magazine. Hmm. And we just started making YouTube videos. And we were sort of toiling away in semi-obscurity for like a year or two at the start, you know, mm-hmm. doing you know good work, but it was, you know, just finding that audience. And then... Just, mm-hmm. I think we were just in the right place at the right time for that kind of YouTube surge. We found that audience. Yeah. Um, we started doing list videos, which turned out to be like super popular. That's mm-hmm. what really found us the kind of audience that we have now. People love a list. They, they love, love a number. They love mm-hmm. things in with numbers above them. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it just sort of snowballed from there, really. And now, you know, it's actually yesterday. I think was our eleventh anniversary of Outside Xbox. Wow! wow. Yeah. Congratulations! Yeah. Congratulations! Which is like years. I know on in Amazing. on YouTube in particular, that's just like as ancient as it gets, really. Yeah, yeah. Everyone I else makes all their money and gets out. You know, not us. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't you didn't you didn't zoom in on a on a, on a in a coffin here. Like, yeah, right. Eleven years know, on YouTube. Years wow. on YouTube, if you can imagine. <laughs> I didn't realize it was around for that yeah. long. Well, immediately I was like, oh, like a vampire. Yes, yes. And I was like, yeah, yeah. No. Age, ageless being. Yeah, ageless. Yeah, YouTube vampire. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a, I'm an, yeah, I've been a fan of YouTube since the. Or 2005, 2007 to 2008 era. So, like, mm-hmm. the th- I'm like, uh, I know Anthony and Ian from Smosh just like bought the company and got back together and everything. So, like, yeah. the old school YouTube, I'm like, dang. Yeah. Lasting we weren't quite that old school, but um, yeah. 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 yeah a I few recently years went, after, but still, yeah. I recently went to a, it was like a, a YouTube um, creator event and, and they, they had a sort of like, 
icebreaker thing where they said everyone like you can go around and fill out your bingo card if you can find creators who have done this or creators who have a podcast or creators who do this and one of them was like a creator who's been on youtube for over 10 years and i think i was like the only one there so everyone was coming up to me and can you fill out can you tick my box for me please (laughs) all these children was aimed at you or do you think they 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 thought there were yeah maybe they just wanted to get me involved (laughs) (laughs) make me feel like i was part of the part of the fun yeah that's fun. I, I guess I'm genuinely quite interested to hear like how uh, you found, you know, YouTube as a platform has evolved over those 11 years. You know, I think that YouTube and, uh, you know, podcasting and things like that uh, do evolve at a quite obscene rate at times yeah. you know, with new features kind of constantly getting brought in and things like that. Like, how have you found kind of just you know staying uh you know staying you know where you are and doing what you are at, at the level you're doing it over those 11 years because that's no that's no small feat honestly yeah man it's it's hard because um youtube you know they talk about the algorithm right the kind of the mm. the thing that governs what people the get shown beast. in their feed and i don't i don't think even the people who work at youtube understand the algorithm i think it's sort no. of <laughs> gone skynet in the background and they don't really they don't oh, really know yeah, what's going on. Yeah, for sure. On. The algorithm mm. has a personality and mm. it's very demanding. You mm. know what I mean? It's like sat there just being like, no, I don't like this kind of content. And all the people on YouTube are like, okay, yeah, sorry. Uh, l- let's just we'll so tweak finicky. that. She's finicky. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it, it's kind of like trying to stand up on a, on a waterbed and you're just trying to keep your balance the whole time. And it's just mm. like throwing you this way and throwing you that way. There's been this whole thing with shorts recently. Like, um, mm. But before that, it was like, oh no, we want really long videos, things over 10 yeah. minutes because because, you know, you can put more ads in that. But then they're like, actually, TikTok's really popular, so everything has to be short. I think if you try and chase trends, you're always chasing them, right? You're not, yeah. on, you're not on them, and it's hard to catch up. It's like, it's it sounds, you know, like common sense, but just making good content, hopefully, yeah. is enough to sort yeah. of bulwark yourself against the algorithm. But it is, it is hard, because no one understands it. No one knows really what to do i i've had like conversations with the people at youtube who are in charge of the algorithm they're like oh uh, yeah I don't know. you tell me <laughs> i guess yes. uh, <laughs> so it is quite baffling like mm. i feel like i because i've recently i'm sort of in the process of starting my own youtube channel and like i've had meetings and you know ask people questions and everything like that and like you know very earnestly people are giving me like extremely contradictory advice because they're like well this is kind of what worked for me i don't know if it'll work for you Mm. and it'll be like the exact opposite or what someone else has just told me never do this because when i did this one time it just didn't work and it was bad so yeah that's why i think genuinely it is (laughs) impressive you know that that you uh like have stayed at the level you have and 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 Mm. done so well over the course of 11 years because i just think it's uh yeah a really really tough gig yeah well thanks a loyal audience yeah you i think we built an audience early who have kind of stuck around which is nice but also i think one of the key things for youtube channels and particularly why a lot of them fail early is a lack of consistency um Mm. i I really think consistency Mm. is important like even if you only upload one video a week or one video a fortnight if it's the same day and the same time people know when to expect your content and that's i think that's important in building an audience people ex- knowing what to expect and it being there mm-hmm. sure. like if we Absolutely. we we so try so hard to like avoid missing a week like with dicebreaker where like if we miss the algorithm's going to be angry at us we can't do that and like mm-hmm. it's it's a lot of pressure but like yeah consistency yeah. is definitely key yeah 
Mm. Yep, for sure. There's nothing quite like the flop sweat of like seeing that deadline coming up and being mm-hmm. like, oh, please, I really like just like want to go and eat food or like yeah. go to bed or, love to you know, but I have to by midnight, you know what I mean? I've got to, up- I've got to press upload. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, yeah. It's, yeah, uh, it's, it's, the, con- it's the content treadmill. It's, yeah, it's yeah. hard work. Mm-hmm. So yeah, how, really, how, really how did uh, Ark's Venture come about? <laughs> The last that you were out, yeah, I was literally where I was going. You got a hard pivot. <laughs> yeah, well, Ox Venture was, I mean, it was a, you know, a spin-off of the main channel. And we we got to 2 million subscribers on YouTube. And we were like, let's do it. We should do it like a celebratory video or something special, you know, to celebrate this milestone. And people have been asking us to play D&D for absolutely ages. Um, I don't know why. Uh, but they were like, <laughs> yeah, we think we would enjoy watching you play Dungeons & Dragons. And um, we knew Johnny Chiodini, um, former guest on the show friend of the show um and they were they were interested in dming a game for us and we were like oh that'll be you know a fun one-off video we'll get johnny to come in (laughs) dm a game for us we'd never played before um none of us really knew what we were doing we sort of made like not like joke characters but kind of quite Like very thinly sketched characters, mm-hmm. basically yeah, for like this, because we the didn't archetypes, sure. you know. Yeah, we didn't think yeah. it was going to re- really going to go anywhere. Um, and none of us had played. Yeah, before. this TTRPGs, it'll never catch on. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, not even just that. Just I didn't think that we thought it we'd be very good at it, or it would be entertaining or fun. But then we played it, and we were sure. like, "Oh my god, D and D is amazing! This is so <laughs> much fun!" Yeah. Um, and the video did really well. It was really popular. I think like. That first session of us playing D anD D, over a million people have watched it on YouTube, and it's wow. it is so none of us know what we're doing, <laughs> um, which is kind of it's kind of embarrassing in a way that that's out there. But also, you know, it's I think a lot of people, a lot of people get intimidated by you know shows like Critical Role or Dimension Twenty, mm, and yeah. they they look at us bumbling around. They go, "Oh, I, I reckon I could do that." Yeah, it's relatable. Well, I think there is something to that, right? We live in such a world of like really curated uh, content, you know, where everything is like almost with a fine tooth comb. Mm. We go through everything and we, Mm. you know, we we don't put anything out unless it's like absolutely perfect. And one of the things that I, you know, always love and talk about is the fact that Jeremy Nunati basically met during our first ever episode. You know what I mean? Like it was like, you know I mean? It was like half an hour before we recorded that. We all jumped onto a Zoom and we're like, this is kind of what we're going to talk about. And you can hear that in the episode. Like it's like, but, and I think there's like so nice I don't think most people can weirdly though. I don't like everyone I've talked to. The the, uh, vibe was so immediately amazing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think like, um, that's one of my favorite things about when you start uh, playing an RPG with somebody that you don't really know. It's a, fantastic way to get to know know them so like mm. that probably comes across really nicely with cub and the caterpillar i would assume mm. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I was gonna say i feel like there's uh, something so also cool. endearing about watching mm. people especially if you're yes. you enjoy the game and enjoy something mm. for me mm. like if i enjoy whether it's a game or a movie uh or anything watching a piece of music watching somebody it, discover it for the first time and really enjoy yeah. it is like wow it's it's like it reignites my love for the thing because it reminds me of all the things that made me really love it at the first place uh and i feel like watching people like is there i think for most people playing ttrpgs there's that moment where it clicks and they say oh i can do anything yeah yeah and that's that's just a dm gulps yeah exactly (laughs) Uh (laughs) i've made a monster what have i done do you remember what that moment was for you andy um yeah so I, i remember in the very first episode that we we played um Johnny had set up this story of a um a 
the, I, f- I forget exactly what the circumstances were, but a small boy had been polymorphed into a rat. And mm-hmm. it was being set up like this man was hiring us to find his son who'd gone missing. And we entered this room and there was a... Um, uh, Johnny made sort of specific reference to a sort of rat that scurried out of the room. And we were like, well, that's clearly important. And uh, I tried to catch the rat and I rolled super well and caught it. And then the druid in the party, Ellen, um, she did speak with animals and talked to the rat and found out that the rat was the boy. And I was like, oh no, we've ruined the session. Like we've got, we've jumped to the end. And we had, we had a break in filming and I went to Johnny. I was like, oh, have we just like skipped the whole story? Is this, do we need to go back and re- restart this? And Johnny was like, oh no, no, that's fine. We'll just go from here. Like the story will continue yeah. from here, and I was like, "How? How is that? That's, I don't understand how that works." But it's like that's, that's the core. Of a good DM as well. I mean, Johnny is in, yeah. Johnny yeah. is incredible at, at rolling with things yeah. and improvising as well. And I understand that's a very specific skill. But I, it just blew my mind that we hadn't ruined their story yeah. and needed to start again. It was like, no, no, this is how it works. I just that hadn't clicked with me at all before that moment. Yeah, and I then guess. and then it revolves into right now. I want to ruin their story. That becomes every player's mission <laughs> to be like, Duncan. how can I derail and get around what the DM has planned? How yeah, can I, I force us to need to re-record multiple episodes <laughs> of this show? Yeah, at least one. We're gonna get Johnny. We're gonna have to re-record at least one. I try, I've got a real reputation in the comments of like derailing stuff, but I I really I consider myself more of like a lever puller of a player. I'm like, mm. <laughs> oh, I want to go, you know, I, I want to mm. go and advance the story. And they, they clearly want us to do this. So I'm going to go and do that, yeah. you know. But see um, what it does. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I want to see what yeah. it does. And, you know, I like That's it. That's what it's you want, though. I, yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. For sure. I, it's really interesting to me, actually, like having a reputation as a player. I don't know about like you, Jeremy, and, and Liv. I think maybe you, Jeremy, have gotten a little bit of this <laughs> because, because of the whole like friendly neighborhood DM <laughs> like thing. True. But I feel like I haven't got to a point of, you know, kind of infamy within the TTRPG space yet where like I've got a reputation for being a certain type of player. Mm. And I'll be fascinated to know when that happens. I try <laughs> like to... what like my moniker will be. You I know try what I mean? To, like the... vary my characters as much as possible. But then, but I realized recently that I keep making cl- characters who are really good at doing flips. And I was like, why? <laughs> why have I done you do, that? You do consistently describe them doing flips, actually. Just which is kind of funny. It's just, I, I, I think, think it's because I it. really want to do flips. I think that's what it is. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's my just live. Every character has to be flips. I don't know what Woo! it is. Get Look, a Juji character never flips. Flip. Please. Juji never flipped, okay? That's exactly, yeah, I, that's yeah, what I was thinking. We all know that Juji could flip. That's, like, <laughs> it was like, Juji's to. so capable of doing a flip, it didn't even I don't know, I, got, I did not get flip vibes. I did not get flip vibes. No, she's vibes very, she's a brittle she could. woman. Exactly. She could probably snap if she flipped. She's a brittle woman. But the threat she is always there. It's, yeah. yeah. Chekhov's she, flip she in the background. Yeah. Like, oh, you know, you know right what, now. Liv? Let's record a one shot where Juji tries shit. to flip. <laughs> Juji flips. Juji it takes flip. so long because like she keep rolling like shit, and it's <laughs> forgetting that she can like polymorph oh, yeah. into like a monkey. Uh, yeah, <laughs> or not polymorph, <laughs> but a uh, wild shape rather. Into oh, a wild monkey. shape. Wild yeah. shape. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I guess like maybe uh, going. Uh, well, question actually first. Um, you are DMing mm. now, uh, yeah. so kind of moving away from uh, uh, from you as a as a player, but as a DM. Yes, uh, you're currently uh, uh, DMing Deadlands, um, mm. which is a, a Wild West setting, and I'd love you to sort of tell us a little bit about that. But first of all, have you done much in the way of DMing before? Have you DM'd for like Oxventure or like you know in, for like a public thing, or is it have you just done home stuff? Um, I'm just kind of interested in what your kind of journey as a DM has been mm. um, uh, before we 
get into that. Uh, never DM'd before, ever. Like wow. Deadland episode wow. episode one of Deadlands was the first time I've ever DM'd ever. That's like, a lot of press. I know it is. I did. I did. You... I was like, man, I should really get like a practice game of Deadlands going. And then yeah. as and then I had my first introduction to the life of a DM, which was trying to organize a group of people to play Dungeons and Dragons. Ah, and it just I couldn't the old foe. Couldn't do it. Yeah. Couldn't do it. Yeah. So I didn't have a chance really to to do that. I tell you what was kind of an education in DMing was doing D and D in a castle. I was at the same session as yeah. Jeremy and Jasper, mm. and I was yep. I wasn't DMing, but I was NPCing for Luke, yes. Uh, yes. who was who was DMing the game, mm-hmm. and so I was I was playing all the NPCs, but also we Luke burned through like all of the story he had um, for session <laughs> one in about an hour. So uh, <laughs> so in this kind of the the DM's lounge, um, we were like basically coming up with the story together kind of like suggesting things and throwing things around mm-hmm. and stuff and i found that really fun and enjoyable mm-hmm. and then as i was sort of sitting there being an npc and luke was doing all the description and stuff i was feeling like feeling like the urge to jump in and start describing things so i was like no no that's oh, luke's fine. job but you know i was getting the pull and i was like all right i think you know mm-hmm. i think i'm ready to do some dming myself at this point yeah. but yeah i didn't i unfortunately didn't get enough like every everyone on our team is so busy all the time Mm-hmm. and uh yeah. i've got like a million other things i'm doing all the time and i was like i kind of i think probably the best way for me to learn is just to start doing it mm-hmm. so i mean honestly that's the probably the big like the piece of advice we always say is like yeah just give it a go i think especially yeah. you've had the like privilege like you know much like i did when i first started dming is like having a fantastic dm you know what I mean? Like mm. you, you were kind of learning from Johnny the whole time. Oh, absolutely! Um, yeah. In the same way that I learned from Jeremy and was like, "Oh, well, okay." Like I'm not going to be as good as J- Jeremy, but like <laughs> I'll give it a go, and it'll be, you know what I mean? It'll be fun. Um, and I do think that's like a big part of the kind of like education, quote unquote, mm-hmm. when you get to play with someone who is as good mm. as you know either of those of those guys. I'm just going to pretend that Jeremy's not here. Whilst they, <laughs> they, they Sorry, guys, yeah. I'm just going to the bathroom. But what did I miss? Yeah, <laughs> Jeremy's just like <laughs> ignoring you, like no. Oh, yes, uh, yes, nothing yes. really, dude. I was just saying that uh, Johnny Kidding is a great DM. Yeah, yeah, right? They're awesome. awesome. Johnny's yeah. the yeah. <laughs> That's so good. That's so good. Yeah, I, I am absolutely not on anywhere approaching Johnny's level of being able to improvise and roll with it. I like, I have, you know, I plan out my story and I'm like, this is, this is what I want to happen. And I'll let the players sort of, you know, have fun in it. Mm. But this is what they're doing, basically, <laughs> which is, you know, probably <laughs> that's how early DMs go, I, I expect. Mm-hmm. And then as they get more confident, they are more confident letting things unfold in ways that they haven't planned for. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think it branches, honestly. I think, I, I think it tends to uh, be like that at the start, you know, mm-hmm. uh, of like, this is kind of a relatively set thing that I have planned and you'll go through that. But then I think it really branches into like the hyper planners and the like, the improvisers you know mm-hmm. what i mean yeah i feel yeah. like you tend to sort of then start to drift into yeah. one of those I write particular down like three areas. bullet points for my <laughs> sessions and then like, yeah. do uh, the best the, i can the dungeon beginning dudes. middle end go uh, the youtube channel the dungeon dudes uh who mm-hmm. i actually got to meet not them weirdly but their partners at gen con uh oh, the dungeon okay. dudes were there but i didn't meet them i only met their partners but they just released <laughs> a video uh basically what class is are you as a dm uh, or GM, right. in fact, and it's like the wizard yeah. is the one that's like, we have all the books there. We have everything <laughs> planned out. You know, we have everything. And then like the sorcerer mm-hmm. is like, it's the, the story just flows out of me, man. I just I yeah. show up. Yeah. We just see what happens. Uh, they're all this different. This is like D&D yeah. horoscopes. I'm very into this. I need to look. <laughs> 
This HeadGum Podcast is brought to you by Aura Frames. That is right. Uh, from grandmothers to new mothers, aunts, even the friends of your life, every mom loves an Aura Frame. Holy shit, even aunts? Yes, especially aunts. Oh, well. Because it was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter and selected as one of Oprah's favorite things. I mean, these Aura Frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. I believe it. You have an Aura Frame, don't you? Yes, I actually more than believe it. I know it. Uh, I've got one for my mom, my mother-in-law, my grandmother-in-law. And dare I say your aunt? And dare you say my aunt and my aunt-in-law. Everyone's got one. Everyone loves them. I mean, Mother's Day is right around the corner, and there's no better gift than a digital photo frame. You give them the frame. It's got preloaded pictures in there. And you know what? You can update it with an app. So every time you take a new picture of a sweet little uh, person or place or thing in your life, it gets automatically sent to that frame. Exactly. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. Holy smokes. Excellent deal. Yeah, that's A-U-R-A Frames.com. You use the code HEADGUM at checkout to save. HEADGUM. Nice. Yes. Headgum. It's easy to set up. It's loved by everybody, including Oprah, including your aunt. Mm-hmm. So do check them out. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code HEADGUM at checkout to save. Damn right. And terms and conditions apply, of course. Of course. Thanks again to Aura. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. I got the pleasure of getting to actually uh, play with you as the DM. Um, amazing, yeah. So uh, I, I will first of all, I would say that you were a brilliant DM. I had an oh, absolute you. blast, and I'm very excited to share uh, those episodes uh, uh, with everyone. Um, I guess well, I'm, I'm now just interested if we can do a quick sidebar of like signing a class uh, for each of us as, as our DMing style. Yes, I, think that's I would. Oh fun. yeah, I'm so glad you um, suggested him. So I multi-classed pretty yeah. heavily because uh, they were like <laughs> they were they were like okay I'll. I'll try and run through. Let me look at a list of the classes here. So Barbarian was, or rather the Artificer. I think they went alphabetical order. So Artificer was all sorts of, you like to make models. You like to make minis. You like to make terrain. You like to make extra oh, things. Sure. You build. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, very, <laughs> and it's just like shit. Nope. Nah, uh, I'm good. <laughs> a lot of emphasis on like crafting things uh, for the game. Even sometimes homebrewing stuff uh, very specifically. Also uh, Barbarians like big monsters. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Um, oh, oh, yeah. I was just going to say. Yeah. Uh, just just before from what you said, I feel like your vibe mm. is warlock because you're getting a power from Jeremy, right? <laughs> so <laughs> Jeremy's your yes! patron. There yeah. we go. Jeremy is kind of my patron. Honestly, <laughs> genuinely, that's not a hundred percent incorrect. Like some of the best <laughs> things that I have done as a DM, mm-hmm. I feel like are things that I've like Jeremy has done for me, and then I've gone like, ooh, what if I try it like this? It's, like put a little yeah. put a little of my stank on it, yeah. and I'm like, <laughs> I'm, there'll be frequent times during my games where mm. I'll just like. Give it a little kiss to the heavens. <laughs> and I'm actually, I'm actually me appears in the sky and smiles yeah, down. Like, <laughs> made out of clouds, just, just yeah. Proudly. Just this big, big, big smile. Yeah, Apologies, yeah, Jeremy. Yeah. Carry on. Uh, <laughs> barba- I would say you have some barbarian in you, Jasper, because they're the barbarian oh, likes the big old monsters. They like the big cinematic, uh, mm, epic fights. Yes. Throw a big monster yeah. at them. 
Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah that's definitely. I would yeah. say we all have some Bard in us, probably. Bard is definitely much more of the performer type, focusing more on the character mm-hmm. story, different yeah. voices, all the different things like that. Uh, mm-hmm. Cleric is mm-hmm. like, make sure everybody's doing okay. Check in. You bring in the snacks. Oh, yeah. Everybody <laughs> yeah. takes. Uh-huh. Yeah, everybody takes <laughs> their bathroom nice. breaks. Most of the stuff we do is like. Um, based on creating content so i could bring very loud crisps for everyone to enjoy but i don't think it's going to sound very <laughs> yes. good we, we don't Smart. get to do that yeah that, that's that's like i it's very rare that i get to like oh like kick back have a drink have some snacks mm-hmm. like and it's whenever i do it i'm like man this is the real good D&D. Yeah. Like, this, is, this is like how it was meant to be you know what i mean like what i do is great and i love it but like Oh, this is fun! Like this yeah. is real fun getting to like chow down on some snacks and I, yeah. kick back and whatever. I don't know if there's a class for this, but I um, one thing I've been really conscious about doing while DMing is I really want to create like one awesome moment for each player, like oh, in the session. Yeah. It's like yeah, I want right. them to have that hero moment mm-hmm. in each each session, mm-hmm. like whoever we're playing with. And I'm just like, how can mm-hmm. I how can I set things up so that they get to you know be the hero or kick you know how can i place yeah. the ball so they can volley it into the top right corner yeah oh, that's some yeah. kind of like support think... class or something right mm. surely yeah i can't i, yeah. I don't even remember yeah. which i don't remember all of them i know druids world building mm-hmm. fighters tactical combat can't really remember the monk uh i can't remember the paladin either uh rogue <laughs> is just traps traps and sneaks uh, <laughs> traps, just, trip, yeah. sneaks. uh sorcerers yeah, i might I, I i'm gonna actually go ahead and throw andy i might give you a little rogue there's a moment and i think Ooh. you know which one i'm talking about where i might give you a little rogue because that was sneaky you, there was some there's some sneaky shit in one of the episodes and uh safe to say it scared the ever-living crap out of all three of us sat at the table uh for that particular episode we were like no 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 deadlands is a really horrory game so it really lends itself it really is it really really did you choose deadlands by the way i'm curious did you choose that system yeah so why yeah i did because it it seemed to sort of just encompass all of my interests really like um big fan of like westerns um mm-hmm. like red dead redemption and two yeah. are like my favorite mm-hmm. games of all time i yeah, just love okay. i love the kind of aesthetic and the the, the storytelling vibes. potential of that setting mm-hmm. um but also yeah. the deadlands aspect of it the weird west aspect of it mm-hmm. so deadlands is a sort of alternate history united states where there's all this kind of weird stuff going on it kind of speaks to my other love which is horror i'm a big fan of horror Oh, yes, and big um, it's it's got so much potential for horror. Like the different episodes that we've got in this Deadland series, I've got like John Carpenter style, like eighties oh, nice. yeah. medical horror in there, and then we've got Ooh. like Tales from the Crypt style kind of weird <laughs> horror in there. And then there's just sort of like straight up nasty Western horror, and then yeah, yeah, and then just like real like the the episode that um Jasper is in has a sort of like carnival aspect to it a sort of <gasps> yeah. yeah inherently creepy so, yeah. and it's... i and i think as well just just to just to jump in and mm. and kind of give you some give you some flowers there's a there's a <laughs> moment which i really enjoyed uh towards the end of the of the second episode which obviously i'm not going to spoil for anyone um but it really kind of led into that and i felt like you really gave me a kind of like gift of being like hey run with this mm. like you, and 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 like to really run into that and and go for that kind of like horror element and I feel like it's kind of rare that you get to to kind of flex like that. And I really feel like the system suited it and 
Yeah. Uh, and you as a DM were very generous in like offering that, you know, like you were saying earlier, like, like liking to give everyone a moment. I really felt like you kind of gave me a moment and I was like, oh yeah, hell yeah, I'm going to run. Oh, and you absolutely made the most of it as well. That's one of my favorite <laughs> bits. Yeah. Really horrifying. <laughs> it, it, oh, yeah, truly, truly so horrifying. And uh, anyone who is listening to this after uh, watching that episode of... Uh, They'll know what we're talking about, exactly. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. They're just exactly curled up in a blanket, about. shaking like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> I remember. <laughs> can, you, can, yeah. can you tell us, Andy, a little bit about the the mechanics of Deadlands? Not, not, it doesn't have to go in mm. depth, mm. just because yeah. for anyone who hasn't played it. Okay, so it's, it's based on the Savage Worlds um, rule set, which I don't know if you're familiar with, but it's... Um, it it's a lot more um i find it a lot more actiony than um than dungeons and dragons it's basically you have two dice that you roll for everything um you have your skill dice and then you have a wild dice which is a d6 so your skill dice um determines how good you are at something if you're very good at shooting for example you'd be rolling a d12 if you're very oh, yeah. bad at something you might be rolling a d4 the number you're trying to get on your rolls is a 4 so every roll, you will roll your skill dice and you'll roll this D6, which is your wild dice. And you want to just get a four on either of them to succeed. So mm, if yeah. the thing that I really like about it is if you're untrained at something, so say you're trying to pick a lock and you've never picked a lock before, you don't know what you're doing. Um, there are a couple of ways to succeed at that. You can either succeed on the wild dice, which mm. is, you know, a D6. There's always a chance to do that. If you're untrained at it, you're rolling at a disadvantage. You'd be rolling a D4 with a minus two. So theoretically, Ooh. the highest you could ever roll is a two. Mm -hmm. But if you roll the highest number on a dice, it explodes and you get to roll it again. And okay. because you're rolling a D4, there's a 25% chance it's going to explode. Yeah. So you get so mm. many of these moments where people are doing stuff that shouldn't work, but it does. And it's, it's like that thing in when you're the hero of a movie. Mm -hmm. Right, it's like this shouldn't work, but because you're the hero, you manage to just squeak through. You manage to just yeah, succeed, and then that. because things ex explode and they just keep exploding, sometimes you can get these like ludicrously <laughs> like overrolled yeah. situations where people <laughs> yeah. end up like rolling a twenty six with a with a d six <laughs> or something. It's just it's absolutely wild. Well, I was going to say because there's there's the raise system as well, yeah. right? So um, it, it's like where you if you roll multiples of four, you, effectively that's like you know. So if you get an eight, that's a success with a raise. If you get a, mm. you know a, a twelve, that's a success with two raises and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. And like it really does, I think. Uh, like you were saying, Andy, allows for that kind of like feeling of just like luck. Uh, you know that the that that untrained person can just like I don't know. I saw this on CSI Miami. Sticks a lock like a you know a hair clip in a in a lock, and it just goes and opens, and you're like, oh my god, wow! Yeah. Um, and it also then allows for like you know that really skilled person that that moment of just like complete badassery. You know, mm -hmm. where they just look at the door and it just goes and opens, and you're like, how did you even do that? Like, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's also got this system called uh, Benny which are basically um, inspiration mm. from D&D, but you start with three mm. of them and you're sort of encouraged to give them out freely and use them freely. Uh, and you can use them to re-roll or you can use them to soak damage in combat. So if you take a, a wound mm. in combat, you can spend a Benny and try to sort of basically tough out the wound, which I really like <laughs> as a like sort of tense like... Tense your body and then spit the bullet out. Yeah, yeah <laughs> that kind of feels like what's the, what they're going for with this system, but it so lends itself to that kind of like gritty Western combat, which yeah. I really like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I've just remembered a. This is a, a, an extreme tangent, so I apologize. But I actually just remembered a story where I think I basically got like a success with a raise uh, in my life, trying to pick a lock, basically, 
I had uh, my Wait, in real my, life in your life. Yeah, in real life, in what? real life. Who's so lucky my to keep? my lucky yeah my well this is it. So my parents <laughs> my parents were out of town and I uh, and I had my this was like my first ever like proper girlfriend was coming over to my house. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got the train, went back to the house. It was like it was like pretty late at night. I had no way of getting back from this you know from like our house like we had mm-hmm. to be here and i got home and realized i'd forgotten my keys Ooh, that is um and i was like <laughs> oh and then but i remember my mom always used to because she was like paranoid that if you had a key in the door of the on the other side it stopped people from being able to pick your lock i don't think that's true but that was what she thought so sure. anyway i knew that in the back door the key was in the uh mm-hmm. was in the other side mm. and uh... we had a cat flap and uh, I literally, mm-hmm. I was there. I, I'm absolutely mortified because I'm there with my girlfriend <laughs> trying to appear cool. <laughs> and I'm like, I've got my flap, hand like, oh. in a cat flap with a spade, like a kid, toy, like a kid's oh spade, yeah. trying to knock the key out of the keyhole onto the floor, pull it closer to myself and whatever. Anyway, I'm there for about half an hour and I'm like, oh my God. And she's like, look, I'm just oh. going to get my mom to come pick us up. Oh. We'll just have to go stay at my mom's house. And I was like, oh my God, this oh. is like the worst thing. And I literally, kid you not, I went, oh, for God's sake, <laughs> slammed my hand on the handle and it swung open. Ooh. It was literally like, I, I basically, I'd managed to turn, I'd managed to twist the key enough to unlock the door right. with the spade. <laughs> right. Because it definitely wasn't unlocked when I first got to the back door. Wow. And I've never, ever felt so relieved in my life. That yeah. definitely felt like a success of the race. That was like your DM saying, this is taking too long. The door swings open. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just like the door swings open. Yeah, yeah. that's really like what you're it loosened was. It. Absolutely incredible. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's safe to say my mum since stopped putting the, d- the key in Smart. the back. I was yeah. going to say, cool. yeah. there's a huge uh, problem with that particular plan. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you, this was yeah. all an, an exercise in proving to your mum why it's a bad idea to do why that. Why it's a bad idea. Yeah. Exactly. It's very, it's very exactly. nice of you to do that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but to bring it back to to bring it back to Deadlands and this mm. uh, this adventure that you're that mm. you're currently doing, your first time DMing, yeah. absolutely wild. Huge congratulations. Thank you. you. Thank uh, you. From what I've seen, you're doing a great job for the episodes I've watched, and then the episodes I was lucky enough to be part of. You're doing a great job. Um, how has the experience been for you? Like, what's the you know how how's it been? Because I'm always interested in asking this question to our guests, especially when they're doing it for like for uh, for an audience, mm-hmm. just because I think it is so different oh, to. Yeah that home game uh even if you are pre-recorded and you can stop and all of those kinds of things yeah it's been like really rewarding i've really enjoyed it and like i i love storytelling i do i write like some fiction and stuff in my spare time this is such a different discipline um and it's it's a skill absolutely a skill to sort of be able to take your hands off your story and let other people touch it which is (laughs) i think not something that you really get in any other medium like medium yeah uh that kind of collaborative storytelling so that's been i mean i'm i'm aware of how it works but to have it you know happen to your story for the first time is definitely a, yeah. a learning process um, you've got to let other people touch your story do you know what i mean exactly it's really important yeah to just as many people touch your story as you can as, yeah <laughs> exactly um, <laughs> but also yeah it's i find it like fun and enjoyable but also enormously stressful like mm. i don't think i've ever concentrated so hard for such a long period of time because we record for about i don't know four four and a half hours and i'll finish every yeah. session with like just an enormous concentration headache like i've never oh, had yeah. to think that hard mm. about things for so long um yeah mm. so yeah i kind of i walk away from it you know um 
go to the pub next door to the studio, have a pint, calm down, and I'm like, okay, all right, <laughs> yeah, have a little chill. There yeah. is a yeah. that is a, that was a, a legitimate thing for me. Like as a player, normally I can kind of just like I unless it's like been a heavy session, I can kind of walk away. As a DM, yeah. frequently I will have to like decompress yeah. because yeah, there is just such a like you know mechanism going on inside yeah. of your mind there are so many moving parts that i feel like it is really hard to then just go back to being like cool what am i gonna have for lunch yeah. you know what i mean yeah. like it's just so hard to like switch back into that yeah. mode and like focusing but the amount so, of preparation required and and uh like before we record i'm like anytime that i'm not sort of thinking about the story or coming up with like new little twists and turns is is like time i'm like oh, i should be doing that but it's the exact opposite of as being a player like we do a lot of live shows at um comic-con and things like that and mm-hmm. i never get stage fright before we go out in front of an audience because i'm like i'm as prepared as it's possible for me to be because yes. mm-hmm. the whole point is this is improv right i don't know what's going to happen and i just need to react to things as they happen whereas with dming i'm like oh what if what if this doesn't take them long enough i haven't got anything else to sort of mm. extend the length of the, i'll need to think of something for them to do if they get through this too quickly and it's like i'm always overthinking it at the, i think that's probably something that will come with experience as well but yeah, because this yeah. is my first time ever doing it i'm just like constantly overthinking everything um which you know isn't necessarily a bad thing but it's also you know quite quite a lot yeah yeah i think that aspect i'd say halflings it comes with the territory i think i think it also gets a little bit easier given time like when when you when you get a bet like the better of a handle you get on not just the process of gming but also Mm. the the mechanics of a specific game and the more like the more you can just be like oh yeah i know how this game works i know all the different Mm. things the ins and the outs and the ups Mm. and the downs and i know what people really like and i kind of have an idea of what a lot of people don't like then it then it gets a lot it could still there's still you know a lot of pressure and a lot of concentration but a lot of it's like sometimes when I when I play D and D for example, and I'll DM D and D, I won't even have a full stat block. I just like yeah, I know how this works, yeah. so I'll just mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. And, and like yeah, you know, they're you gonna can... have like a plus two to hit or whatever, and like just yeah. or you can just intuit it right because yeah. you're like, Meh, okay, yeah. this is a this size creature and right. it's got like you know this kind of thing, so I'd probably give it like a plus one to dexterity, but it's gonna have a plus five to strength. Yeah, you know, like yeah, yeah, you can just kind of intuit based on like the thing that you've described. Yeah, <laughs> we'll get there eventually. We've recorded nine episodes. We've just got the finale mm-hmm. to do. Um. Currently, three episodes have gone out on the YouTube channel, mm. and I I'm like watching them as they go out, and I like I'm looking at things I did in episode three, and I'm like, well, I wouldn't do it like that anymore. You know, <laughs> I feel like I've, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've moved on. Yeah. Some, yeah, and I'm like, oh, I would do that too. better. Yeah, yeah, I would do that better next time. Or, mm. um, do you mind if I ask Andy? So, uh, could you give us like and the audience like a kind of blurb of what the story is in in your show that you're doing not like spoilery stuff but just kind of like what's the vibe what's going on um so i what i I wanted a a structure the way we're doing it is we've got a five um player uh team uh but we're running it in the same way that sort of luke ran his blades in the dark series that was very good and on our channel as well which is where we have a sort of opening session where it's all of the players and then we split them out into smaller teams and have like teams of two or three go off to do sort of episodes so you get a little more like character interaction with smaller groups and get give people Mm -hmm. like more chance to sort of shine and get their character across so we started off with um basically the story is that these um these five characters have all come together answering a, a newspaper advertisement looking for bounty hunters the first episode they all get sent on a um uh, a mission to sort of prove their worth um, if they're up to taking on these bounties, which was a train heist. They had to do a train robbery. 
um, <laughs> they did very well at that. And then they were given the rest of the story, which is that there's this um, widow whose um, husband and son were, were killed by this gang. And she wants them to go out and kill these these four gang members. So each episode is a different sort of bounty, a different individual bounty. Oh. And they're all yeah. the gang is all split up and moved on um, with their ill-gotten gains and sort of set themselves up as uh, kind of corrupt authority figures. And it's about mm-hmm. sort of tracking them down and, mm-hmm. and killing them. Like their, a boss battle. Yeah, basically. Each one has a sort of a main villain that they're there to kill in these different... And the settings are all quite different, um, which is something I wanted to get across as well. But yeah, it's very sort of self-contained. I feel like, I hope that you could sort of come into each one and just watch them as a self-contained story mm. of them going oh, after one idea. bounty. Um, mm. And then, yeah, the whole thing's going to kind of tie up with the, the finale, the last bit we have to, to shoot. Mm. I was wondering as well, because obviously when approaching the Western genre there's a lot to love about it but it also comes with a huge amount of baggage um mm. just culturally in terms of the manifest destiny genocide etc cetera, etc cetera. i'm curious because having not i'm assuming that's probably not in the series but how does deadlands uh as a game approach those elements and because when we did it we we were like when we did our western series i was like i ain't just doing a western because yo <laughs> but uh, if I do a Western, I have to essentially take the colonialism out of it. And so we completely transplanted the setting to essentially take on a lot of Northern African influences uh, and right. remove and and also not even like taking out the manifest destiny elements and making it post apocalyptic. So instead of it being like, we're coming here, taming the wild frontier, it's more of a we lived here and then things happened and we're having to sort of rediscover the new changed <laughs> land and learn how to live in this place. I'm curious, how does, I guess, how did you as a GM uh, going in approach those elements uh, just from a, like in terms of how you're going to approach this material uh, and also how does the game itself uh, address those topics? If it, if in fact it does. Yeah. Well, De- Deadlands has been going for quite a while. I think it's over 20 years old from its like original incarnation. And it's one of those ones that has been sort of finding its way as, it's go- as it goes, let's say. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think like the most recent one, the one we're playing, um, the Savage Worlds Reloaded um, edition, mm-hmm. I think is, is a lot more sensitive to the, I mean, the obvious problems with the Western genre. Mm-hmm. There, are, there are still, I mean, there are things like some of the character classes like lean very heavily into sort of Native American spiritualism, mm-hmm. which, is, mm-hmm. which is something like I, none of our, our players felt kind of qualified to engage with um, mm-hmm. because, you know, that's not, that's not any of our backgrounds and that's not any of our story to tell. But that, that is there for people, to, for people to engage with. And I think it's... Mm-hmm. It's hard because it's one. it is, yeah, it's such a tough mm. setting to, I mean, I have, I have a degree in American history um, mm. that, that I'm sort of like struggling not to <laughs> try and like get too, too bogged mm. down in it because it's not, I don't think it's really the medium for me to be telling, and I'm not the person to be telling those stories either. Mm. So I think... Mm. I think you have to sort of just acknowledge that it's an alternate history of the United States. Things are different. Um, mm, the whole yeah. continent has been split in half by a eruption of something called Ghost Rock, which has changed technology. The Civil War went on for like 50 years longer in this, in this oh, wow. universe. Mm, and wow. um, 
Yeah, it's it's so it's not even the old west. It's like just the new west. It's like yeah, a current, it's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just the yeah. west. Yeah, it, it is. It is hard, and I think it's definitely it's definitely worth examining. Um, mm. Yeah, uh, I don't. Did you also did you find it helped like having your background like with American history? Do you think that that helped you like uh, helped guide you when you were like uh, GMing? I think it's it's like a good system and setting for like critiquing a lot mm. of problems with the genre particularly mm. and also like a lot of problems with the kind of presentation of america in that era as mm. well mm. um that kind of sure. that kind of manifest destiny american exceptionalism yeah. yeah is an idea that i think the system is really set up to undermine because you have mm. you have this setting where it's like america is the greatest country in the world and look we've conquered the west and stuff but then you have literal monsters that have been unleashed by the kind of Mm-hmm. Yeah. For forward pushing of that frontier and that industrialization of, that has led to mm-hmm. these these monsters coming out. So it's metaphorical ills are literal in the world of Deadlands. So it's mm-hmm. you know maybe yeah. a, a little heavy handed, but at least it's you know acknowledging that stuff, which I think is interesting. Yeah. Mm. At least there yeah, are absolutely. some consequences for their actions. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think a lot of it as well can boil down to you know that thing that you said, which is like knowing that this is, if this is a public game like what stories you're telling and what stories you aren't telling you mm-hmm. know what i mean i think that that's mm-hmm. like a, an important part of it and i think honestly a lot of the times you'll see people and be like hmm is is that your story like are you yeah are you, sure? you want to tell that one yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean i think that's like a lot of the times when we have critique or issue with people running any you know any, any games that are set in history or in a specific time or culture or whatever it's always like cool but like what's the um, you know, is there anything within this that you feel like particularly unqualified for? And a lot of the time, yeah, it could, it, it can uh, boil down into that. Um, d- did anyone have anything else that they wanted to specifically touch on before we go ahead and start to wrap this episode up? Or uh, we good? No, amazing. Yeah, I think so. Andy, yes. The only thing that remains uh, for you to do, um, and this can be from Deadlands, this can be from Oxventure, this can be from anything that you can think of. Okay. We always ask our guests for a tale from the table. Mm. So this is basically a uh, an experience you've had uh, in and around TTRPGs, um, which has just stuck sticks out in your mind. It could be funny, it could be silly, it could be really heartfelt and emotional. Uh, it you know a time that you burst into tears and cried, or you know we've had we've literally run the gamut on these stories. Now yeah. I can't think of like a a genre uh that we haven't covered uh so yeah anything that you can think of that sticks in your mind when uh with, with regards to a ttrpg experience um yep i fell off a stage once that was that was good um <laughs> like I used classic to, ttrpg experience. yeah we, we do these live shows and i used to a lot more i used to sort of get up out of my seat and move around they, they used to give us these like britney mics that we would wear oh i love the britney which would, oh, you know fun. with a mic pack so we could actually like physically move around the, the space mm-hmm. and I, I used to like get up and move around a lot more and there was like um toxic yeah 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 exactly <laughs> there was an episode we were doing when um i got for some reason i got completely covered in spiders and i was like oh you know i'll run around Ooh. like i'm covered in spiders <laughs> And uh, I mistimed, yeah, okay. a, uh, did mistime a jump and ended up going over the back of the stage into the sort of um, <laughs> audio area. I don't, I don't think but, it was as obvious from the audience as it was to me, mm-hmm. who did fall off the stage. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. I think I sort of managed to recover away. a decent amount. But yeah, it was um, that was quite embarrassing. Um, I think, or is it commitment to the role? You know, like you're you're so in the moment. Yeah, it's just method. You know, yeah. The audience probably ate that up. Yeah, they but were, I can oh definitely God. imagine the moment when you've kind of landed <laughs> and you're like, "Am I all together? 
what the f- just happened. The fact that you got yeah. back up, I would have just laid face down on the floor and just not. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. Forever. <laughs> I'm just, no, I'm not going back out. <laughs> Our most recent uh, live show that we did, I think, is like a really good example of um, how good Johnny is at rolling with stuff. Um, they were describing a pub that our characters were in and they they said that the pub started to make they were trying to say the pub started to make a creaking noise but they accidentally said the pub starts to make a croaking noise and then we also <laughs> made a joke that the pub was a giant frog and johnny was like yeah the pub's a giant frog yeah that's what's happening now and then we all ended up getting inside this giant frog and then it became like a huge part of the story that we were traveling around in a pub that was a frog <laughs> And I was like, where's this? None of this can have been pre-planned. This has all come from like one (laughs) slip of the tongue. One tiny. And this is about half the story now. The fact that we've rolled into town in a giant frog and now everyone's (laughs) worshipping this frog. And it's that was was just sort of marveling at the fact that so much story could come from one slip Mm -hmm. of the tongue. Yeah, the thing that that's with is frogs. a pub, though. I mean, I guess that makes sense. You know, yeah, yeah, <laughs> literally, it's over the tongue. Yeah, yeah a big, big old tongue. Uh, yeah, that that reminds me. I was I was very lucky to to go on stage with uh, not the D and D podcast when they came to Manchester, which is obviously mm-hmm. where I where I am. And uh, I rem- I have such a distinct memory of uh, being so caught up in the end of the show. It was so hyped. I would I basically rode in as a twentieth level character and effectively killed Sauron. Oh, because- wow. They, it was like an alternate universe with a band of boobs. Uh, Coldwell was DMing, which probably explains a little yeah. bit as to how it was so big off the rails. Energy, yeah. um, big Dunkle energy. Big uh, Dunkle energy. And I was like, I was like a, a, a bare chested, very ripped halfling with a giant afro, and I like <laughs> yes. double katana'd the, uh, the Tower of Sauron and destroyed it and this whole thing. And I was so hyped up. And then I didn't know that this was a tradition. They, they, start, the, the Dapple guys start getting up and they start throwing dice into the audience because it's like a tradition where they like, like they yeah. take whatever dice they were using nice. and they throw it in. And I got so carried away. And I just remember absolutely yeeting this <laughs> giant metal dice into the audience <laughs> no. and being like, no. "I've killed someone!" <laughs> I, killed, I was a body terrified. Real fast forward to the forehead. Off, oh, like, no. like, honestly, it was like you know, you know, um. You know, like the softball pitchers, mm-hmm. where they wind up and they do that real pinged, like underhand, underhanded throw. Yeah. It was like that, which is faster, like across you the heads of better speed it was... with an under, a good underarm oh, pitch for sure. Yeah. I, <gasps> I was so caught up. I yeeted this thing, like it went oh. into the darkness. I have no idea. And luckily, I managed to like the peep, like bunch of people came around to the side door and were like. um uh and we're basically like i was like you know doing signatures and stuff and someone was like oh i caught your dice and i was like Thank oh you're uninjured right and they were like yeah and i was like oh. <laughs> i was gonna say you're gonna have some was... someone come back in like five years with a d like a d20 lodged in their forehead <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in the head. yeah or with like the that eyeball is you rolled just a d20 20. <laughs> <The 20 laughs> yeah. yeah yeah mm-hmm. they have 2020 vision now because i literally yeeted oh, a, a wow. d20 into two d20s into their eye sockets Boom, boom. Yeah, yeah boom. Uh, but no, the, the fear. I didn't throw another dice in after that because I was just yeah. so preoccupied, thinking like I'm just, just going to hear someone start. I'm surprised screaming. you can like even touch dice now. I would be like, no, yeah. I can't. It's no, too no, much. I, uh, this is uh, this is a weapon that I cannot use in my hands. Kind of like uh, you know, like Jackie Chan having his hands being like registered weapons. Yeah, like yeah, me yeah, and yeah, exactly. now. Like, <laughs> I can't. I can't in good conscience use these. Um, <laughs> Absolutely amazing. Andy, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a, yeah. been a pleasure. It's so thrilled to have you on and, you know, uh, love Oxventure and everything that you guys are doing over there. And uh, I'm so stoked for, <clears throat> excuse me, 
I'm so stoked for everyone to hear uh, the episodes and everything. It's going to be an absolute blast. So please, uh, before we wrap up this episode, tell all of the halflings where they can find you on the internet and uh, uh, and what stuff you have coming up. If there's anything you want to plug, the floor is entirely yours. Yeah, so I do video game stuff over at um, youtube.com forward slash Outside Xbox. Um, we have a second channel called Outside Extra um, that's worth checking out as well. And our tabletop stuff is all at youtube.com forward slash Oxventure. Um, we're doing our Deadlands um, series at the moment. Every episode goes out on Fridays at 8 p.m. UK time. Uh, that's when they premiere. Please do check them out. Um, I been really enjoying it um jasper obviously is is coming up as a very cool very exciting character i can't wait for everyone to see them um i also have a podcast uh where my uh outside xbox co-host luke and i review disney channel original movies it's called mom can't cook um and it's a lot of fun if you enjoy listening to adult men review disney channel original movies <laughs> from the late 1990s um, you must have I mean, watched some like really bad movies right oh like, yeah absolutely just like yeah, was smart okay. house <laughs> one of the ones you've done so far smart house was the very first one we did oh we, wow. had, to, we had to lead with smart house yes <laughs> what a movie, oh. <laughs> what a movie. <laughs> like camp rock though have you gotten to camp rock? we haven't gotten to camp rock yet no, we're kind of doing 20, like that's late 2000s live you're 10 years yeah. off yeah i guess you're so, 10 years I just, off baby you got so much you gotta go through the even stevens movie you gotta go through i keep talking to people about camp rock and then like there's a scene in the second one where they all come in and they're like doing like a camp rock chant and they're like they're just doing oh it's terrible <laughs> uh, yeah, I can't wait to hear the episode about Camp Rock. We'll get, we'll get there eventually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think. Yeah. yeah. What's been the best in, one you've in, done in, so in, far? In, Just out of curiosity. Oh mm. well, our, our absolute favorite one is Brink, which is the one about oh, um, yes. roller, yeah, rollerblading, yes. inline, inline skating. Um, absolutely okay. love Brink. It's my favorite. Um, for our birthdays each year, Luke and I buy each other cameos from Eric Von Detten, the star of Brink. <laughs> And <laughs> and then I got Luke one from uh, Sam Horrigan, who plays the villain in Brink, oh, um, no. kind of counteracting the one from. Um, we're basically making Brink two, but through the medium of cameos <laughs> from the actors oh, who were <laughs> who were in Brink. So we like we tell them what the other one said in the cameo last year, and then they reply, and it goes back and forth. So yeah. it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. That's incredible. Oh, wow. Yeah. That definitely, I, Jeremy. We need to. We need to. We need to start buying each other cameos for our birthdays. So I feel like we can get real original with some of these. Yes, <laughs> I, I cannot believe that I've hadn't heard the name Brink in such a long time. I used to watch all these movies, so I haven't like, heard that name in years. Real take me. Real take me back. Looks over a pair of rollerblades. <laughs> <laughs> I have like memorabilia from everyone. I have. There's that one Just like the, South the, the, Africa the, movie where it's like about it's a oh. decom that tries to tackle apartheid the color of friendship oh, yeah the color of friendship no! so so okay we gotta watch that <laughs> it's not called that it is it is it is they have full racial slurs in that film they have it is a rough racial slurs in that film it is a rough watch oh my god okay wow i need to i need to watch this yeah. i will watch this on the page there's a 9-11 there's a 9-11 decom what there's a 9-11 decom called tiger cruise yeah, Where, I remember this one. That? Yeah, <laughs> it's about I've this seen. girl who goes to visit her dad on like a, a naval warship, and yeah. then when she's there, nine eleven happens. Is that Aiden, is that Hayden oh, Penetieri that plays the lead in that movie? I think it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, it I, is. I saw yeah, all looking these, at it right as now. I said. Uh, Xenon, <laughs> yeah. girl, wow. the twenty first century, and of course, Xenon the sequel. Yeah, uh, Xenon the sequel is actually the episode that is going out. So next week, so the week that this episode is going out, that's, yeah. we're doing Xenon the sequel. Wow. Wow. Oh, I cannot wait. Strap it, everyone. 
phenomenal. <laughs> um, the color. Ooh, the color. <laughs> how, do you, I know, how do we move on? That's sorry, my mind That's the title like, of the episode, wow. baby. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, oh no. I'm gonna be man. like trying to go to bed tonight, and then I'm gonna just my eyes will open like <sighs> color friendship. Yeah. And I'm gonna be like, there's <laughs> whispering to my partner, like, did you know there's a Disney Channel original? <laughs> there is a yeah. There's a full on scene where the the South Africa they have a white South. It's a black family who gets a South African exchange student who mm-hmm. they thought was going to be black, but it's a white girl who shows up. And the, <gasps> the white girl and the black girl, the, the African-American girl, are trying to be friends. And there's like a scene basically where I think the white girl uses a South African word that is a neutral to refer to black people. But the okay. the black girl thinks it's a slur. And then the white girls know like, oh, no, this is the slur and says the slur. <laughs> and then later on repeats it to her parents. And the, the dad thinks that the white girl called his daughter that and is like, oh, and is like charging into the room. It is the yeah, he is ready to he's ready to kick that girl's ass. Yeah, <laughs> not, yeah it is, it, this is insane. It is a child. Oh. Oh. Yeah, I watched oh. this when I was like seven oh, wow. or eight. I think. God, <laughs> I need insane. to see this. I'm looking at some like stuff, and there's do. like a. Uh, yeah, maybe a I clip or two at most on YouTube. I think I need to see this. Oh, there's a picture oh. of the two of them like sat in like a room and they're looking at each other over their shoulders, like. <laughs> mm. Yeah, well, I mean, they become friends. You know, it's anti-racism <laughs> in the end. It's just. Just takes oh. a minute to get there. Yeah. Well, we've all oh, learned yeah. something new today. And, um, in thank in you the, so much. Yeah, Disney. Like, don't worry, everyone. We got this. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is ours. This is our area. Oh, hey, hey, Disney's like, hey, oh, oh, we can fix racism. Just give us that. Give oh us my god, thank you. We'll, we'll give us ninety minutes, baby. <laughs> Get your <laughs> life. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. Well, that's just an incredible note to end on. Um, uh, <laughs> Jeremy, where can people find you oh on the internet? Uh, I'll be starring in. Uh, actually, you can find me on the Disney Channel, where I'll be starring in The Color of Friendship Two. Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> featuring Andy Ferrance as the uh, well, titular other friend. Look, I'm just saying that, like, if we can get a picture of one of us looking over our shoulder, and then Andy, you're looking over your shoulder, and we pull your shoulder. Photoshop, Photoshop together, then that's yeah, the social yeah, post. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Cheryl from The Wires in that movie. Oh, I was just looking it up. Uh, what are the characters? Hey, look, you've got to start somewhere. Yeah, you've all yeah. got to start somewhere. Wow. We've all we've all had a casting breakdown and gone. Ooh, yep, like. <laughs> Money's good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, sorry. Uh, just the tag. Uh, one, one more thing, and then I'll stop. Uh, the no, no, tagline is: "Look beyond black and white, and you'll find the color of friendship." <laughs> <laughs> no! Oh. No! Oh, stop it! God! Stop it! All right, I'm done. I'm oh, done. we're gonna sorry. find it's out the, the director the for this was like I don't know, like freaking Avadimane or something. I'm like, no! <laughs> Why? Uh, it was directed by someone named Kevin Hooks. Um, Kevin written Hooks. by Paris Qualles, Q U A L L E S. So I don't think it's Quails, uh, but yeah, I don't know if any. Well, Paris oh. is from Harlem, so I don't know. Paris might be black. Hey, hey, I've just looked it up. Uh, Kevin Hooks, black guy, directed a couple episodes of Preacher. So Whoa, and Paris is okay. also black. He's doing bits. Okay. Yeah, Look, they went for All it. Right. A whole black team. We love this film now. We <laughs> want to support this film. Yeah, everyone <laughs> wants to watch this film. <laughs> Get Disney Plus. Like, go through all the Disney Channel original. I have no idea if this is on there. Um, oh, the color of friendship is on Disney Plus. <laughs> if, okay, I'm gonna... if I find out the color of friendship is on Disney Plus, oh, it's on Disney. Wow, Plus. I, it's on Disney Plus. Oh. It's on Disney Plus. It is though. It is. Yeah, oh. that's what I'm saying. We have 
to do. We have to do a what? We have to. We have to watch this. Yeah, we have to watch this. Thank you, Andy, for the content. Yeah, we're doing this. This is a bonus episode. It has to happen. Wow, like it absolutely has to happen. Andy, if you want to come along and put yourself through that twice, you're more than welcome. You could be. Andy's like, I'm good. Thank you so much. You could be the white representative on that particular episode. I think it's really important that we get balance. Given given that fifty percent of this that show is about a white person, so yeah, I feel like we should get your views on it as well. Yeah, I have. I have seen it once, and that was. It did feel like enough, but you know. <laughs> no, what's funny is that technically we are equally split because both me and Jasper were both half yeah, we're, white. Yeah, we're, 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 exactly, it all makes there sense, we go. It, you know? it all works yeah. out. It all works out. Yeah. Uh, the Color of Friendship Incredible. 2 is starring just me. <laughs> <laughs> it's just you sat it's, there. It's Jasper it's learning just to love himself. <laughs> me loving, learning to love myself. Still just as many slurs, <laughs> oh <my God>. weirdly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just your wife man. just is there like outside the door like honey are you okay the te- the, 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 truly the temptation to now edit my face onto both characters on the color of friendship poster <laughs> is do it. outrageous is it out- that, that's gonna be the, that's gonna have to be the cover up for this episode yeah. now um, and also the name of the, fu- the fucking episode is gonna have to be the color of friendship now we've spoken about it for way too long for it to we not have, be we have to end the episode, the episode now. thank you so much Andy where can people find you where can you find me you can find me on twitter and, yeah oh my god please you can find me on twitter and, and blue sky uh jeremy cobb one cobb with two pieces the number one you can find me on instagram the at the Cobbmeister. uh you can find me on the show the quantum reactor a sci-fi movie review podcast that i host with my friend andrew coons friends of the show friend of the show follow you by the for a pods or cast you can when are you reviewing the color of friendship <laughs> jasper we have to Ooh. leave <laughs> oh boy i don't know if it qualifies Sorry, yes. um we're coming out with an episode on a, across the spider-verse soon so check that out um oh we uh i'm also on the the the, the roll for it stream uh project marana i think it's actually called lake marana i can't i don't remember the name of the show but it debuts okay, on great. it's marana cool. is in the name and i'm in it uh it's call of cthulhu <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it airs on Thursdays at 12 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, Somewhere. And there, I'm also, that's not all. Uh, I'm also. <laughs> He's not done, folks. I'm not done. He's I'm not a, done. I'm going to be at D3 at C. Uh, in, in the fall session, go to D3 at C.com and sign up to play with me. We're going to be doing, speaking of uh, North Africa inspired Western settings, I'm going to be playing in Utarum. So if you want to play in Utarum, come. Woo-hoo. Come sign up, uh, D three at C. Um, I think there's usually more things that I have to plug, but I'm gonna I'm gonna pull the plug right there on myself. Please, uh, please, please, please we, we need to wrap this up. Liv. You can find me. I'm Olivia Dust Dark Magic. I'm at Dust Dark Magic on the socials. Uh, I you uh, can find me on YouTube.com forward slash Dicebreaker. Where if you want more tabletop stuff, you can find it. And sometimes we uh, hang out with outside Xbox and outside Extra, and it's in so, so yeah, yeah. That's fun. Some videos of us um, playing werewolf. Ooh on youtube yeah oh yeah we did yeah, yeah we did do that. and we did that like a though. there's like a three-way crossover where we did the we did we did uh skeletons and we did yeah. uh you yeah, awaken in a strange one. place as well yeah, yeah. Awaken in a strange that place. was fun 
Yeah. Um, and also yeah, subscribe to youtube.com forward slash three black halflings. We're doing stuff, I swear. Okay, thank you. Bye. <laughs> okay, thank you. Bye. I remembered what I was going to say. It was Casual uh, Quest Live, twitch.tv slash Casual Quest Live to watch me <laughs> no, stream. No, Jeremy, okay, you I'm don't get now. more. You don't get more. <laughs> I did it. I said it. You it's over. Get more. It happened. <laughs> I get Jasmine, right. what about you? Oh, <laughs> uh, you can find me on The Color of Friendship 2, a sci fi adventure <laughs> no. extravaganza where uh, I uh, play the titular character who's stuck on a spaceship drifting through space. It's moon. You just myself. do a, re- a moon remake. It's Call moon. The color yeah, I'm doing it's moon, uh, <laughs> but it's me meeting myself and realizing that I'm half black, and it's like, oh, it's a big revelation. That's a big spoiler. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm so sweaty. Yeah. <laughs> I'm literally dripping. It's crazy. It's like um, acting and racism. Uh, yeah, I'm actually, I'm actually tipped for the Oscar uh, this year. It's it's me and Robert Downey Jr. who's in Tropic Thunder 2. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and they're coming up for it. Uh, similar premise. Uh, okay, uh, you can follow me at JW underscore Cartwright on all of my social medias. I'm on other stuff. Games with Feelings, Forza Country Podcast, uh, Catch Me at Deadlands, Dogs Adventure. Uh, obviously, Please check out uh, Andy's stuff. It's amazing and uh, so excited for you to hear those episodes. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, And you can find the show. It's at Three Black Halflings. It's the number three Black Halflings on all of our social media. We have a cool Patreon. We do merchandise. All of the links are in the description below if you want to support the show and help us keep the lights on. It would mean the world to us. So please feel free to go find all of that stuff in the description below. We can also find links for Andy's stuff as well. But that is it from us. Remember, look past black and white. And see the color, the color of shy friends, the color, the color of the halfling inside yourself, the color um, of the halflings. So long, shy so, so, <laughs> so long, shy folk. So long, shy folk. was a headgum podcast.